Welcome to Joeing About the G-Men. I am Joe McGuire along with Ovi Munez and Sean Scanlon. It's been a couple of weeks uh, since you've had a chance to uh, hear from us. Obviously, the Giants had themselves a pretty good draft all in all. Uh, for anybody who was uh, really down on Dave Gettleman, uh, I think he really... I, I said going into this draft that he had to get this thing right. I'm certain that he did. Um, I, I love Andrew Thomas. I, I had fallen in love with him, uh, I, I think, a day or two before the draft. Uh, and again, the idea that they picked up Xavier McKinney, the big defensive playmaker in the second round, you know, for me, Sean, that that made this draft, it, it made it easy to forgive no Isaiah Simmons in the in the first round. Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, Xavier McKinney, he's got a similar skill set to Isaiah Simmons. Um, he's not the physical freak that Simmons is, but he's able to play um, in the box. Um, he's able to blitz. He's also uh, He also excels at playing uh, in the deep half as the free safety. So there's a lot of things he could do. Uh, I love that pick. It was a great value for where we got him in the second round, the 36 pick. Um, a lot of people had him rated as a top 25 player. So I think that was probably one of the steals of the draft. Obviously, Andrew Thomas was a great, trying to fix that O-line. And um, I think Gettleman did a great job of trying to get that O-line, even in the later rounds with uh, Matt Parrott out of UConn and then uh, Shane Lemieux. And hopefully they could turn to starters on this O-line uh, moving forward. So all in all, I thought it was – I agree. I thought it was a pretty good draft. Uh, the only thing I would say is that I would have liked to seen uh, some more pass rushers or linebackers maybe earlier in the draft. but. Uh, maybe one of these late round linebackers could develop into a start on this defense. So all in all, I thought it was a, a pretty solid draft for Gettleman and the Giants. Obi, you know I'm all over Gettleman all the time. Curious your thoughts on the Giant draft. Well, I really did want a linebacker or a defensive end in the first round, uh, but that wasn't the case. But knowing how the whole entire draft, the completion of it, I could see that Gettleman was targeting to improve that offensive line. and it, But I still think that there's more to it because, yeah, you got Andrew Thomas, but uh, we don't know what the state is when it comes to Nate Solder. Will Matt uh, Park be able to um, fill those shoes to help um, defend the flank for, for Jones? And that's that's – I mean, again – because we haven't seen anything yet, we haven't had these uh, practices that we could see. I mean, look, we're almost in that window where preseason preseason supposed to start. So that is my biggest concern to see if there will be enough protections for Jones and also for uh, San Juan Barkley to be able to run the ball. Uh, but, hey, I mean, it, it's too early. I mean, the depth chart looks like we got enough people in the offensive line. But we'll see how it goes because you know it, man. When preseason starts, beginning of the week, injury starts happening. Do we got enough to to be complete, to be a team by the end of the season? Matt Pert from UConn taken in the third round. Great pick there. Round four. I've been hearing a lot of people talk about Darnay Holmes, the cornerback at a UCLA. Uh, Darren Woodson, I was just reading earlier today, uh, thinks this kid's got superstar potential. Uh, so, you know, you, you sort of mentioned it, Sean, that that some of these picks in the later rounds saw a lot of linebackers, a lot of cornerbacks in this draft, certainly adding depth to an area that really needed depth. 
Yeah, for sure. Um, especially in a, a position like cornerback, you can never have enough um, playmakers there. Um, you mentioned Darnay Holmes. He was probably my favorite late round pick. I think he has a very strong uh, shot to come in and be the starting nickel corner uh, right away. Obviously, last season, Grant Haley had a rough season, and uh, Corey Ballantyne, he was out of position playing uh, in the slot. So I think that he's got a really good shot to come in right away. Um, he's a very explosive player. He's got the perfect size and speed to match up with uh, slot receivers in the NFL. So uh, I love that pick. And then, yeah, adding depth to the O-line, you can never – Another position you can never have enough of them um, to protect Daniel Jones. So, you know, hopefully the the fumbles can go down this year and uh, make more lanes for Saquon Barkley and a, a run heavy Jason Garrett offense. So, there's a lot of a lot of good value um, all over the board. And like I said, I, I thought it was a pretty solid draft. You know, we we talk about this draft and the idea that there weren't any pass rushers taken. Um, we're obviously going to get into Marcus Golden a little bit later on uh, here in the show. I, I have a real sense that the Giants have every intent on bringing him back. Um, I would be shocked, I guess, at this point if they didn't, because I, I think they would be, um, I don't want to say in trouble necessarily, but I, I, I think that would certainly hurt the offseason plan. Yeah, um, it would be huge to bring Marcus Golden back. Uh, we definitely need help at pass rush. Um, you know, bringing in Kyle Fackel was he, – he's a good second or third addition to that pass rush. But um, hopefully O'Shane Zimenez takes a step forward. But bringing Marcus Golden back would be huge. You know, having 10 sacks season last year, um, 27 quarterbacks hits, which was a career high for him. Uh, I thought it was a really smart move for the Giants to use the unrestricted uh, free agent tender on him. So if he's unsigned past July 22nd, the Giants have his exclusive rights, so he would be able to come back to the Giants roster. So, yeah, I think that would be um, huge for the Giants. They need all the pass rush they can get. Obviously, they didn't get a superstar in free agency and didn't draft one either. So uh, bringing back a familiar face who just had a successful season with us would be uh, huge for this defense. As we take a look at this draft, I'm going to ask you both, uh, to pick the guy who you think will have the biggest impact this season. Sean, I'll start with you. Um, it'd probably be between the, the first two picks for me. I'll just go with Andrew Thomas because um, just because of the tackle situation. Nate, we saw Nate Solder get beat over and over again last year. Same thing with Mike Remmers on the opposite side. So just bringing in a guy um, who's not a, you know an aging veteran, who's not on the wrong side of 30, um, being able to have him and, you know, build with him for the next hopefully five to 10 years um, to, you know, work alongside Daniel Jones. It will be huge for the protection. He's also great in run blocking, which will, you know, be great for Saquon. Hopefully he has a bounce back year after, you know, an injury riddled season last year. So I think uh, the biggest contributor right away, um, I think will be Andrew Thomas for this Giants team. How about you, Ovi? Who do you think is the biggest draft pick that's going to impact this season? Uh, I'm, my pick will be Xavier McKinney. Uh, I'm hoping that he is the answer to many years of issues on the secondary of having these wide receivers and tight ends just blow past us and help to eliminate these point scoring. You know, get this, you know, the the air bombs that these quarterbacks take advantage of against the Giants defense that he'll put, you know, put the stop to that. 
And and not only him, but I think uh, with with Coach uh, Patrick Graham, I hope he has that formula to assist not only just him but everybody else in that defense. Because I do miss the the uh, the attacks on the quarterbacks. But if you can't get the quarterback, you know, you know, put that pressure on uh, on the the opposite receiving team, and hopefully McKinney is the guy that puts the stops and, and racks up those interceptions. You know, I was so disappointed when it was clear the Giants weren't going to go with Isaiah Simmons. I understand the need for a tackle. I really like Andrew Thomas a whole lot. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I was very happy after the first round ended. Leading into day two of the draft, I read a report about Xavier McKinney that compared him very favorably to Isaiah Simmons and basically said, this is Isaiah Simmons without the hype. And I think this Giants defense has been severely lacking a big-time playmaker, and that's why Xavier McKinney, I think, is going to be a guy that's going to come in. And I, I think the Giants defense will be as good as he can be. If he's a, if he turns out to be a star, I think you're going to have a much-improved defense. If he comes in there and he's kind of pedestrian, he's just filling a spot, uh, and you don't see any of that special playmaker ability, then – I, I don't think the defense will, will will be much better. So that's my thought. Yeah. Um, as and, far um, as – no, go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say the safety position now. Um, you know, the three main guys there, Jabril, Xavier McKee, and uh, Julian Love, they're all so versatile. Um, they can play the strong and free safety. Um, Xavier McKinney is best at, you know, the free safety playing that, you know, center fielder role. But they could all um, play in the box. Uh, Julian Love played cornerback in college, so he's got experience there. So they could use him all over the field. And obviously, we know that Patrick Graham likes to, you know, change up his scheme and use the versatility. So I think the safety position will be um, huge spot of uh, this defense uh, for this season coming up. And I'm looking forward to see them them three on the field together. And to add more to that note, uh, Dexter Lawrence is coming in his second year from Clemson, and I think he's going to have a bigger impact starting role. So we're going to see more of him on the field than we did last year. Yeah, yeah and especially, yeah, especially with one, uh, Leonard Williams, his first full year as a Giant. Um, he only was with us for the second half of the season. So the defensive line will definitely be, I think, the strongest part of this defense. All right, let's play a little game here real quick. Fact or fiction? I'm going to ask you guys uh, a couple of topics here. You tell me your thoughts on it. Um, is the Giants' most underrated offseason pickup running back Dion Lewis? Sean, start with you. Would you most underrated? Yes. Uh, I fiction. I, th- I think he, he was a good pickup. Um you know, to spell Saquon some some time uh, off the field just so we can get some rest so we don't run him into the ground, per se. And he's also a good, uh, you know, like a third down back, receiving back. But I think probably the most underrated um, addition, I would probably say through free agency, I, I like Kyler Fackrell a lot, especially for the, the cheap deal that we got him at. Um, he had his best year um, with the Packers in 2018 before they brought in Zadarius Smith and Preston Smith, two double-digit sack guys. Uh, he had ten and a half sacks the the year before that that they got there. So and he only played I think forty uh, percent of the snaps last season for Green Bay. So when he is on the field, um, he does give a lot of production. Obviously, we touched on the pass rush needing some help. Um, so I think that he could be 
uh, he could be the most underrated uh, pickup in the free agency just because of the contract we're able to get him at and the fact that when he does uh, get in the field, he produces. So I, I think he has a chance to be uh, a solid piece for the, the Giants. OV, fact or fiction, the most underrated pickup this offseason is Deion Lewis, who's rushed for 2,300 yards and seven touchdowns in his five-year career. Uh, definitely underrated. Yeah, it's, it's, to me, it's fact. Uh, I think he's he's, he's going to play a good sleeper role, to be honest with you. I mean, if they do it right, uh, and not that traditional way that we see back in the days when the Giants had Tiki Barber, you know, when he played like the first couple of snaps, and then you got this, the backup doing the third downs and stuff like that. I mean, if they utilize the, uh, him and Saquon together, uh, they'll be a beast. And then it'll be a, a more threat, not only as a running perspective, but also the the slot, the sweeps, and stuff like that. So, you know, receiving wise, I think it'll be a lot dangerous. Yes, but then again, it goes back to the offensive line. Can they protect? That that is really the biggest key here. Well, that brings us to number two factor: fiction. The Giants will be a run heavy offense under Jason Garrett. Sean, thoughts. Um, I think that's a fact. Um, if you've just seen the way that the Cowboys offense has operated um, during his tenure as first as the offensive coordinator and then as the head coach, you had uh, DeMarco Murray as the leading rusher um, a couple years ago. And then obviously ever since Zeke's end league, he's been you know up there. As the, I think he's won the rushing title two out of his, his four seasons. Uh, he almost always leads the league in carries. So I think we'll definitely see a lot of, a lot of touches. Let me carry out on that one. Um, we lost you right there at the end. You you cut it right at the end. Oh my bad. Um, yeah, no, I was just saying that building to the O line too. I think that we'll see a lot of touches for Saquon this year. Um, Jason Garrett likes to run the ball a lot. I'm gonna call fiction. Uh, I think we're gonna have a balanced offense. We already see what Jones can do in the air. Uh, we don't have any viruses when it comes to the wide receiving core. Okay, I think we have a lot of players that are unselfish and they're all about winning. And this is going to be towards the head coach, not just Jason Garrett. But uh, as yes, you know, a good run game will always give a break for Jones. Uh, But I think it's going to be a balance and it has to be balanced. We need to be unpredictable. We can't just rely on same plays over and over again like we've seen the last three or four seasons from the Giants. I mean, I'm not excuse me. I'm not even the head coach of the team. But as a fan, I'm already know when the next play is going to happen. And you ask yourself, why? Okay, third and long. Why are you going for short? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? Which is totally different than when Coughlin was there. You know, so I think that having a balance, being unpredictable, I think that's what succeed. And again, I mean, why else would you have Golden Tate there or, or Sterling Shepard? I mean, these guys are valuable to the team, you know. So I think a well-balanced, and you've seen it. Not to talk about, you know, our, 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 I won't say enemy, but the New England Pages. Look how they, how they did it. Everything was balanced. It was not just a go-to player. And I think that's the attitude that we need to have in the Giants. And that's probably why we have Judge as our head coach, because he's that man that's going to make that happen. I love it. All right, factor fiction, Darius Slayton will lead the New York Giants in touchdown catches this season. Um, I'll go with fact because just because the fact that, you know, he did it last year with, uh, eight downs, I think 
Yeah, I think he has a good chance to stay healthy. I mean, hopefully you never know with football injuries happen, but he only missed two start last year. Um, I would probably put, you know, maybe Evan Ingram in that conversation, but he, he's got to stay healthy for uh, a full season. He still hasn't done that yet in his three-year career. And then um, the only other name I could think of, you know, Sterling Shepard, he, he's a great slot receiver. He just doesn't get a lot of touchdowns, but I think it, it would be between, you know, Golden Tate and Slayton and then uh, Ingram if he's healthy. But I'll, I'll say fact for that one. I think Slayton's got a good chance to lead him in touchdowns. OV, Darius Slayton will lead the Giants in touchdown catches this season, fact or fiction? I'm going to say fiction. I'm not really sold on what this offense is all about. Um Again, we're talking about running the ball mostly, and I already said it has to be balanced, and I think it will be even. I think – I mean, it could be uh, maybe Corey Coleman for all I know. I don't know. You know, uh, you're talking about Shepard who has a concussion issue. Tate is of age. I mean, I'm not saying that he can't do it anymore, but you also got to put that in consideration. Slayton, I got it, but we also have Damari Scott. Uh Again, it's a balanced thing. Not necessarily he's going to be the guy, you know, but if you continue having him, you know, scoring all these touchdowns for the Giants, then the defense is going to change and they're going to be double teaming them and stuff. So um, I'm going to say fiction. Uh, Slayton did tie for first in touchdown catches among all NFL rookies. Of course, Daniel Jones led the way in touchdown passes for first-year pros. So hopefully we see more of that chemistry. Uh, last one, the biggest threat to the Giants for an NFC East title this season is the Dallas Cowboys. I would say uh, fiction on that one. I think the the Eagles are actually the most uh, complete team in this division right now. Um, obviously, what the Cowboys did in the draft, getting CeeDee Lamb, uh, made their offense probably you know top three most explosive in the league up there with the, the Chiefs and the Ravens. Uh, their offense, I think, will be unstoppable. But at the same time, they lost a lot of players on their, their defense uh, through free agency. So I think that the Eagles, uh, if Carson Wentz is able to stay healthy uh, throughout the whole season, they have the defense. They just got Darius Slay um, from the Lions and trades. So their secondary was the weak part of their defense. They they have the front seven. Um, they have an elite defensive line with good pass rushers up there like Fletcher Cox and Brandon Graham. So I think that – and I think Miles Sanders, the, the running back who – Showed a lot um, late in the season last year in the feet for the Eagles. I think that he'll be the feature back this year and that he'll have a really good season. So I think the Eagles are actually the team that um, probably has the best chance to win the division. But I, I think the Cowboys are, are pretty good, too. I think the, the Eagles are still uh, at the top, though. OV, factor fiction, the Dallas Cowboys are the Giants' biggest obstacle to the NFC East title. I think every team in the NFC East is the biggest obstacle. <laughs> okay. Not the Redskins. I mean, we only won four games last year. Don't sleep uh, on the Redskins yeah, either, don't, boys. Don't sleep on them either because uh, you know, they put a big game at the second time. <laughs> uh, and they got Ron Rivera there as the head coach. So that that culture there is definitely going to change. Uh, and he'll, his concept, like he did with Carolina, is going to happen very quickly. Uh, but there's a lot to prove here. I mean, we uh, revamped the whole structure for the Giants, but look at Dallas. You know, they fired their head coach. You know, I don't care what how they pronounce it. He did get fired. You know, he lost touch of the team. And they got a lot to prove. I mean, Dak is still battling to trying to get a big contract. So if let's say he does play as a franchise quarterback, 
you know, next year. He's want money. So guess what every player is going to do? They're going to do all they can, do their best to have that one good season, and that's a big threat. As far as the Eagles, I mean, look who they drafted, man. They got Jalen Hurts. So, you know, that's another pressure for the quarterback standpoint that, hey, they're out there to win. You know, they got more to lose than the New York Giants, and that's why it's 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 evenly. So it's fiction, fiction and fact, both at the same time. Everybody's against us. You don't want to lose to the Giants. We're like the worst team in the last three years. So why why <laughs> why would you want to lose to the Giants this time around? You know, fair enough. That's, uh, we're turning that around though this year. Um, so we'll take a look at the schedule as oh, um, it is not great if you are the Giants. Uh DraftKings uh basically did the odds. For all of the games, the Giants are only favored in two of the games for the entire season. Uh, one of those games is against the Redskins, and the other is against the Bengals. Um, not good. Uh, Giants are already 10.5-point underdogs in the Baltimore Ravens game, so let's have at it. Uh, Giants kick off uh, Monday night at MetLife Stadium taking on the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night football doesn't feel uh, doesn't feel promising it looks promising to me in that first game just because the Steelers I mean they they struggle too you know they're finally going to get Ben back but how is Ben you know will he be like he was before did he recover did he do what he had to do? And besides there's some a lot of unbalancing issues going on you know behind the scenes for the Steelers uh, I see that the Giants can't pull an upset week one, at least start the game, uh, the series, I'm sorry, the season at one and oh. Yeah. Um, I, I believe that there, there is a chance to win. Um, Ovi, you had a great point with uh, big Ben. You just don't know what he's going to look like coming off that elbow surgery and missing on the last year. So that's, I think that's really the, the biggest factor. And so what the Steelers are going to be like this season. But um, they have that great young defense. You know, uh, T.J. Watt, uh, Bud Dupree are, are great pass rushers. And then Minka Fitzpatrick in the secondary. Uh, they have a lot of good players in, in that uh, on that Steelers defense. So it will definitely be a, a big challenge um, to open the season for the Giants. But I think the Giants are welcome to that. Uh, I think the offense is, is going to be the, the biggest part for the Giants this year. So I think that it will be – It'll be definitely a big challenge for the Giants. I, I, I'm looking forward to that that first game against the Steelers. Hey, Joe, no, before we, you carry on on that one, one other point is, look, as garbage as we looked last year as a record, you got to put it in place that he's half of uh, the games, you know, within the game. We did play very well. We just yeah. couldn't finish the game, all right? I'm looking at last yeah. year's stats. Yes, we struggled against Washington on week four, you know, but we were scoring. It's just the defense allowed a lot of points. So if you allow 30-plus points, don't expect the Giants to always win if we're giving it up. But at the same time, if we could control that offense and keep that offense on the field, that was the biggest difference maker last year, okay? We look at the end of the season, okay? I mean, then we went to overtime, 41-35 to 35 win over Washington. You know, uh, we came close against Philadelphia – at Philadelphia, we lost in overtime by a touchdown, you know. And you look at this win streaks, I mean, the losing streak, excuse me, there were at least two touchdowns or less. So there is promising. So if you think that the Giants are going to come in here and fold again, I, I am confident that at least 
you know, and I'm being bold with this. We wait, we wait, we may finish the season eight and eight. So I'm telling you, if you want to bet on the Giants, you want to bet against the Giants, be prepared to lose your money. <laughs> um, I like it. You know, listen, here, here's here was my observation last year. This all this defense spent too much time on the football field. You know, and, and Sean and I, uh, I know we dove into this a lot last season. The Buffalo game jumps out in, in my head is one I remember for a fact that the Giants kept getting three and outs on defense. And the offense would go out there and three and out again. And every time they would trade three and outs and the Giants were right back on that football field, man, oh, man, it, it was it was bad. It, generally, a touchdown was what happened when they came back out onto the field. And it, look, the, the more this offense can get out there with Saquon back with, you know, uh, a nice strong left tackle uh, with your receivers all healthy. I have a, a feeling the Giants can spend more time on the football field this season, that the Giants will control the ball a little bit more. And, and when their defense gets those three and outs that you can reward them by going on a seven or eight play drive. And, and letting them sit on the bench for a little bit, I, that's going to be the key to the Giants. And, Sean, I know I've talked about this with you over the last two years now. I still think that the Giants have become a loser mentality sort of franchise. They are always in games into the fourth quarter and then seemingly find a way to lose. A couple of years ago, it was devastating last-second you know, uh, field goals and, and all sorts of stuff. This past season, uh, again, it sort of seemed like anytime the Giants got themselves in position to win the game, the other team did something later in the fourth quarter and pulled the game out from under the Giants. It seemed like it happened week after week after week. Yeah, uh, I mean, it was it was tough last year. There's so many different games that pop into my head right away. Um, the Cardinals game from last year, the Jets game, the Lions game. You know, all games that we were in, um, we're just, we just weren't able to finish uh, late either – with it being a turnover on offense or not being able to stop the opposing um, team's offense. I, it was just rough. I think that um, uh, we're definitely going to definitely gonna need to finish stronger uh, this season. If we, if we want to improve that record, you know, we we've lost the most games out of any teams over the past three seasons. So it, it sucks, obviously, you know, to have the giants be having a losing culture for the past couple of seasons, but I, I'm really hopeful that, you know, Joe judge and his new coaching staff will, bringing a winning culture um, from Georgia's background at Alabama and then with the Patriots. And then uh, obviously with the big off season, the, the draft that we just had, if, if the offense could stay at full health, um, I think they have a very good chance to be, you know, maybe a top 10 offense in the league. They have the weapons. They finally address the O-line. Um, it's really just about them staying healthy. And then, you know, the, the young defensive players uh, just developing and taking strides forward to, you know, at least make the defense manageable with a with a, a top heavy offense. Uh, Izzy Sanchez just chimed in. He agrees with uh, Ov that the Giants Pittsburgh game is going to be closer than what we might think. Appreciate the comment, Izzy. Um, I agree, Izzy. Yeah. So look, that's that's uh, it, we, you'd like to you'd like to see the Giants start off with a win. You know, it, it would certainly uh, it would certainly because it doesn't get much easier after that week two. You're going to Soldier Field uh, Sunday, one o'clock game Giants Bears. 
to, you know, that's a tough place to play. And and the Bears aren't even really a great team, but Soldier Field is just one of those places where it's never fun. Yeah, that's another game last year where we played them at Soldier Field last year. Another low-scoring game where we had them in the end. Um, it was just a, a late turnover game. So I think, you know, obviously the Bears have a great defense, but, their their offense has looked terrible last year. Um, obviously, it's it's not known whether Mitch Trubisky or, or Nick Foles is going to be the starter there. But I, I think that I think that there's a good chance that we'll go one and one in the first two weeks. I'm not sure which one is going to be a win, but I, I feel like we could if we, if we can split those two games against the the Steelers and Bears. I, I think that we'll set up um, that it will set up us set us up nicely um, moving forward in the the season. And the bottom line is, is this, man, if the defense could hold up and you said it, Joe, already, if that the offense needed to stop those three and outs and then we could counterattack Chris Strickland's comment of the giant stink and stuff like that. There'll be a team to reckon with. We have the actual staff that will definitely, definitely change that culture in the Giants organization. I mean, we, we need you can't go rock bottom than what it is. From here on out, we're going straight to the top, you know. And this schedule right here for the 2020 it is the best for the Giants because we have half half the schedule are playoff contention teams, all right. And, and so yeah. now we need to measure out where we stand amongst everybody else. We look at San Francisco, okay, the Los Angeles Rams, okay. We know within Philly, Washington, and Dallas, that's always going to be a playoff type game because those are our rivals. All right, but we're also playing Seattle. We got Baltimore in week 16, and we end the season, you know, at MetLife Stadium versus the Dallas Cowboys. So there's a lot at stake right now. And and I'm telling you what, I you know, it's 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 open. There's there's nobody in the East, NFC East, that's gonna take that division by storm. It's not gonna happen. So it's gonna go down to the wire, and the Giants need to make that noise. Chris uh, Trick- yeah. I Thank think a uh, comment, by the way, to Chris, the Giants do stink and it's about figuring out how to fix it now. Yeah, Chris, we'll, we'll get to that. Don't, don't worry about that. We'll, we're moving, <laughs> we're moving in the right direction. It must be. A yeah. Fan, not, and that's why, or maybe that, that St. Patriots fan that's going to probably jump ship to Tampa Bay, but Hey, that's another story. <laughs> uh, yeah. So week three giants, Niners, Niners are coming to New Jersey, which is nice. That's going to be a tough game for the giants. The, yeah, that one, uh, that's, that's a tough game, but uh, like always said, uh, if you want to be the best, you got to beat the best. Um, I, I think it will be, obviously it's, it's tough to look at a schedule like this with all these, you know, great teams, but it also is a good test for us just to see how much we did, really did improve uh, this off season see if we can contend and uh, maybe even win some games against these, these upper echelon teams in the league. So uh, I, I think it, the, obviously the Niners defense is great. Uh, they get after the quarterback a lot. So uh, that game will be obviously huge for, for Andrew Thomas. See, see how he is uh, in his third game um, going against the likes of, you know, Nick Bosa and that, that dominant D line. Then in week four, Giants will head out to Los Angeles to take on the Rams a 405 game. Giants never play well on the West Coast. Uh, I don't remember the last time they played the Rams. I can't imagine it was good. The Giants just really never, unless it's the playoffs, never seem to do well on the West Coast. 
Yeah, no, the last time the Giants played the Rams, I was actually uh, at the game. I believe it was 51 to 17, the Rams won. So, uh, yeah, that, yeah, that gives you that. It was it was a rough game. But th- this time around, I, I think it could be different. Uh, the Rams a lot of lost uh, firepower on offense this season, uh, or this offseason, I should say, with losing Todd Gurley and Brandon Cooks. So I, I think that, that that will be a competitive game. I think that there actually is a, a decent shot that the Giants could go into L.A. and uh, win that game. Yeah, you're right. you're right about that, Joe. I mean, in L.A., we do struggle. But uh, when there were actually St. Louis Rams, uh, we had won six, uh, seven of the last six games. So uh, oh, okay. we'll, we'll see. I said I was in St. Louis. Uh, L.A. is a different story. I wish it was. I wish it was worse. I wish the Giants were playing the Niners in San Francisco and the Rams in New Jersey. If If that were the case, I'd feel better about those two games. Because I think they're going to lose to the Niners. I think they could beat the Rams. If it was a, a home game against the Rams, I might put that right in the W column now. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Uh, then weeks five, six, and seven uh, will be all conference games, all divisional games. Uh, Sunday, October 11th, Giants will head to AT&T Stadium for a 425 game with the Cowboys. Week six is a home game against the Redskins, a 1 o'clock start, and then week seven, is a Thursday night game. So the Giants are going to have a short week uh, coming off the Redskins game. They'll have to head to the link. Uh, I've seen two Giants games in Philadelphia in my life, and they've been two of the worst offensive performances in the history of New York Giants football. I also watched Victor Cruz be carted off the field, never to return. I was there for that game uh, sitting in a box with 19 Eagles fans. Bad, bad memories, Joe. You, you didn't need to bring that up. I most certainly didn't. You're correct. Um, I'm looking. This is going to be one of the few Thursday night games I'm actually looking forward to. I feel like Thursday night games are generally garbage. I think this will be a, a a good game, and if the Giants get off to a decent start, this could be, especially coming off three straight division games, this could be a huge, huge swing in their in their schedule. Yeah, I'm not a big fan on uh, Thursday's games, to be honest with you. I mean, we're coming off against the Washington Redskins, a short uh, short recovery to go against the Philadelphia Eagles. But the good thing about that is, is that when we do face Tampa Bay Buccaneers, you know, preparing ourselves against Tom Brady and that reestablished offense, I think we got better preparation, especially that that game's on Monday night. So, um yeah, that's that right there. That's the good choke point for the Giants. The Giants will have 11 days off after that Thursday night game at the link. They'll be home for Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Monday night, November 2nd. It, you don't even understand how much it took me not to say the New England Patriots when I said Tom Brady. Wow. Uh, I was saying the words Tampa Bay Buccaneers and still thinking Patriots. That's weird. Um but it'll be great, a chance for for the Giants to see Tampa Bay. It's a Monday nighter. Got to love that. Uh, and it's a home game, which, again, I like I like the odds there. Yeah, um, that, yeah, it's going to be a big test. Obviously, the, the Bucks' offense uh, is great. They have a pretty good front seven, too. But um, as we know, the Giants have had some success against some, Tom Brady in the past. So hopefully uh, we can keep that up. Obviously, that was – uh, close to 10 years ago now, but um, I think that it will be a big game. Um, I, and Tom Brady, he, he was on the regress a little bit last season. We'll see if the, you know, the added playmakers that he's getting, Chris Godwin and Mike Evans will, you know, sustain his uh, career for a little bit longer. But 
again, uh, that's uh, that's a game I'm I'm very excited for uh, Monday Night Football against the Bucks. Uh, it, it will definitely be a good one. Then on uh, November eighth, Giants will head to FedEx Field in another uh, division matchup. Week ten, it's a Sunday afternoon game against the Philadelphia Eagles at home. So again. Um, Coming off a, off a big game with the Buccaneers, you're going to have a short week for the Redskins and then the Eagles, and then the Giants will hit their bye week, um, which is nice because they'll have 14 days off and then they'll head to Paul Brown Stadium to slap the Bengals around. Thoughts? How you guys feel about yeah. Joe Burrow? I'm a, I'm a Burrow fan. Uh, I, 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 I followed him through. Uh, those of you that that covered um, the hard hitting college football, which is now transitioned to all four downs, uh, covering the SEC, it was amazing to see this guy perform and just take over that that conference and beat down Alabama and pass Georgia. Even though Georgia is my favorite, but uh, it'd be interesting to see how he can adapt and and catch up and perform that in that level even better in the in the NFL. So let's see if he's actually the, the starter in week one. But uh, if he is a starter, uh, th- that dude's smart. And uh, he has high potential, greater than. I know people are going to, you know, test me to this. Uh, but he's he's a Peyton Manning, man. We, we have a future in the NFL with this guy. That's, yeah, that's some, that's some high praise right there comparing to Peyton. But I agree. Um, he probably just had – one of the best college football seasons of all time last year. Um, he was unbelievable at LSU. So it'll be interesting to see his transition to the NFL. Um, I think he'll he'll do just fine. I think that he'll, he'll, he probably has a good chance to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, especially with the weapons that are around him. Um, if A.J. Green is back to full health, and then, you know, they drafted T. Higgins, they got Tyler Boyd and, and Joe Mixon at running back. So I think that, that might be a challenge for uh, the Giants' offense, especially since we see him later in the season. Uh, Burrow might be getting into a groove at that point, getting used to the NFL. But um, I think that the Giants have have a good chance to light up the scoreboard against the Bengals because um, their defense isn't that great. So I think that it will be a high-scoring affair uh, against the Bengals. But I, I think there's definitely a good shot that the Giants come out with a dub there. Teddy Keys from Keys of the City just chimed in. Bengals will be tough. Should be a much better team than people expect. Um, obviously, a lot of that is going to really depend on uh, just how good Joe Burrow is. Uh, he went third in my franchise draft earlier today, which which I thought was shocking because he was rated like 17th or something. Um, but if you look, I, I compare him to Joey Hazar, uh, a left-handed Joey Harrington, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, that's not, that's not high praise, Sean. No. Uh, it is not high praise, but hey, we'll see. I mean, and if I'm wrong, then uh, you know maybe the Bengals have picked up uh, a real franchise quarterback. Uh, the month of December is going to be um, a tough one for the New York Giants. Uh, it starts out in Seattle. They'll be at CenturyLink Field, a 405 game against the Seattle Seahawks. Week 14, they're home for the Arizona Cardinals in a one o'clock game. Week 16, probably the tough one. Uh, Giants taking on. I just skipped one by accident. Let's go to week 15. Giants, Browns at home. Obviously, we will see uh, uh, our old friend. Uh, no, we uh, won't. Yeah. No, we won't. We're not going to see him. He's going to have an injury. 
something's going to happen that he can't run, his hamstring hurts, or maybe <laughs> maybe he doesn't want to see the goalpost or something. I don't know. I mean, yeah, right. We'll, we'll leave it alone on that. Uh, and then week 16, <laughs> Giants-Ravens at M&K Bank Stadium, a 1 o'clock game. And, and I think this is big because let's say, and you guys both seem incredibly optimistic, that the Giants are 7-7 seven and seven after week 14. Ravens, I mean, and then they finish with the Cowboys at home. It's quite a challenge, but... You know, as you're looking at this schedule, boy, you know, the, the, the end of this schedule can be really tough. And if the Giants are in a position where it's a win and kind of get in thing, they got their work cut out for them. Yes, they yeah, do. That's for sure. I'm sorry. Yeah, Go ahead. That's for sure. Uh, Lamar Jackson, no, yeah. man, I mean, he got all the firepower. And, and, and even if, let's say, our defense is, you know, good as what we're trying to project them to be, uh, you look at Jackson, he doesn't have to throw the ball. He really could fake it to his running back. I mean, he could do it on himself. He has all that speed. I mean, you're looking at a better version of Michael Vick. I mean, you know, it's very hard to contain him unless you're in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, by all means, that that is that will be a tough task, and I hate to admit it, but if it was down to the wire and we're fighting for a playoff spot, Baltimore could be that that team that could actually eliminate us. I really do. Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping. Uh, hopefully by that point, I th- hopefully the Ravens uh clinched up a, a postseason spot already, and they're they're resting some of the starters. I think that's that's honestly the best shot I think we have uh in that matchup, just because the Ravens they're so explosive, especially after drafting J.K. Dobbins to that backfield. Um, that offense is going to be unstoppable. And they added Calais Campbell to add to the D-line. Um, their passers just got tremendously better with that. So they're, they're going to Baltimore is going to be a very, very tough game for the Giants. But uh, hopefully, even if they come out with a loss, hopefully we're going to have to be strong. Um, beating the Cowboys for the first time in three years, they're they're 6-0 and against us the, the past three years. So that, that needs to change this year. Which game are you guys most looking forward to? If I haven't made it obvious, Thursday, October 22nd, when the Giants go to Philly, I'll probably be there for that game. Um, I'm really looking forward to it. Again, the Giants have not played well in Philadelphia. I'd like to see them kind of get one back. Yeah, um, yeah, going to the link is always tough for the Giants. As you mentioned, it's never good there. that That would be nice to see them get a win against the Eagles this year, too. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the rivalry games itself. Uh, every game counts, especially in the NFC East. I mean, we could try to talk about all the other teams outside, but we need to win our division. We need to make that statement. And, uh, you know, again, you know, you said already, Joe, that there was a lot of close games that we could have won, and we blew it at the end, you know. And hopefully that, you know, the offense can't drive on and give our defense some some rest. Uh, I ca- I can't even stress that even more. I mean, because I talk about this every single season, you know. So I'll, I'm hoping that this big change will happen. Uh, but yeah, if anything, you know, in my opinion, is the Dallas Cowboys. I really do. I hope that we we sweep them this year. Uh, and in fact, I mean, look, we have our offensive coordinator Garrett. Man, I mean. You should know all the playbook what Dallas has. You're right. So let's make this happen. Ovi, what do you think the Giants' record will be this year? 
boldly I'm saying eight and eight. And and uh and I hope that uh they prove me wrong. I hope they actually win in double digits. But you know, being that the the division itself is all, you know, there's a lot of turbulence in the NFC East, uh, minus the the Eagles. So uh, if it's eight and eight, it's a win-win for the New York Giants. Sean. Um, I yeah, I think it'll the record be anywhere from the six to uh eight win range. I think that you know the the schedule is very tough. Um, I do think that the Giants improved uh, a whole hell of a lot this offseason, but the the schedule is just against so many top tier teams. Um, but if I were to have to go with a record, I'd probably say uh, I'd probably pencil in at seven and nine right now. Interesting. Um, I am going to say nine and seven. Oh, I like it. I feel really optimistic right now. I, I'm telling you because I, I really do think that the Giants' defense is better than it was last year. I I think yeah. that uh, – and I think it's going to – I think having Bradbury, I think bringing in McKinney, you know, I, I, I just uh, – to me, that defense is going to be better. And I think that some of those games that the Giants lost or lost late or lost close could become Ws this year. Uh, which would certainly uh, change the whole landscape, obviously, of their record, especially. Um, yeah. Before we wrap things up, obviously two situations we really do have to discuss. Uh, the DeAndre Baker thing might have been the stupidest thing that's ever happened. He's facing four counts of armed robbery with a firearm and four counts of aggravated assault. He was released from jail on $200,000 bond. Uh, he's been granted permission to return to New Jersey to take part in Giants workouts or camps, but the team told him they'd like him to stay away from meetings until his legal situation has resolved. Do you guys think that DeAndre Baker will be playing for the New York Giants this upcoming season? I'll leave this one off. Um, um, my personal my opinion, opinion is this. He should not he should play for the New York Giants. I think they should just release him. I mean, I heard both arguments on the Keys brothers when they were talking on their podcast, Keys to the City. Uh, the brother were split in that decision. Uh, but if if we know Mara and the way he operates with that organization, I mean, we look at Plaxable Burris when he shot himself, you know, and that was at himself. Yeah. He, he never came back to the team. So this guy, I mean, he pleaded not guilty, but uh, you put yourself in a situation you're not supposed to. You're a professional athlete. You represent the Giants organization. And that's too much attention to what the real goal is for the Giants organization. And if I was the owner, I would have already dismissed him. See you later. Have someone else deal with his headache because that was stupid and that was ignorant. Yeah, um, I agree. I mean, John Mara and Dave Gettleman, too. Dave Gettleman always preaches about the culture. Um, he wants to, you know, have a good locker room. So they're, they're very strict. They're very no-nonsense. So I am sort of surprised that you know, he, he hasn't been uh, released yet, but I also see uh, why he hasn't unless or until this uh, whole situation gets uh, figured out, um, until he gets convicted. I think it would be wise to keep him uh, on the roster just until because he's only 22 years old. He just finished a rookie season, even though it was kind of a rough season. Um, you know, he, he really could be a good asset for this defense moving forward. You know, if, if he gets his head straight, um, stays out of stupid situations like this. But, you know, obviously, I just hope for the best. Um, I, hopefully that, you know, he gets to walk away with uh, no punishment. But um, uh, it, it's just a very tough situation. I, I was very shocked when I saw the update on my phone. 
Um, but yeah, just got to hope for the best and that hopefully uh, he stays out of these, these situations uh, in the future. You know, regardless of what the Giants decide, regardless of what the courts decide, the NFL will certainly come down with some disciplinary action. So uh, I do. I I, I think um, it's doubtful that you'll see DeAndre Baker uh, at all this season, quite possibly. Uh, We brought him up at the beginning of the show, but Marcus Golden, uh, who hit 10 sacks last year for the Giants, um, they've elected to place a rare unrestricted free agent tender on Golden. Uh, the May 5 tender still allows Golden to negotiate with other teams. and The Giants would not receive any compensation if he did leave to go elsewhere, but Golden would count toward the 2021 compensatory pick formula if he does sign with another team. So there's some good news. But if Golden remains unsigned past July 22nd or whenever training camp starts, he could play for only the Giants this season. They'd maintain his exclusive rights at 110% of his previous compensation package, which is $5.225 million. Do you like the Giants keeping him here? I'd like to see the Giants, tell you the truth, sign him to a couple-of-year deal. Uh, you know, I, I know I know he's not the sexiest uh, end, but, he, uh, you know, he definitely made his presence felt last year on this defense. Yeah, and I mean, if they were able to bring him back, he would definitely be the best end that we have, um, the most proven pass rusher by far. Um, and last year, <clears throat> we gave him a one-year prove-it deal, and I, I think he came out and proved proved his worth to this team. I don't understand um, why they weren't able to negotiate a contract with him, but uh, I was super excited when I saw that you know they they placed this um, you know rare uh, franchise tender on him. And I've been counting down the days to July 22nd because I'm just I'm very hopeful that, you know, if we're able to bring him back and we have, you know, Kyler Fackrell and O'Shane Zimenez uh, rotating on the other side. I think the the <clears throat> I think the pass rush, it's I don't think it'll by any means be one of the strong in the leagues, but I think it could be very formidable, uh, especially if we're rotating a lot of guys that could be productive. And um, with the secondary so much improved uh, on our defense, um, it would just help if we can get a little bit, bit of pass rush. So I, I would love the move. Uh, I was saying from, you know, day one when Marcus Golden got here that I think that he would be uh, a very good piece of this defense, and, and he proved that in year one, and hopefully we can retain him um, for this upcoming season. Um, hey, he, he he played well. This is his second best season he had, My uh, his first being when he was with the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, he had 10 sacks. He had total of 72 tackles. I mean, this guy was active, and he played a whole entire season. So I, I would be surprised mm-hmm. if he goes off to another team. I think the Giants need to extend his contract, do what they got to do, keep him for another year or two, and uh, I think we're going to see some big things for Golden. And like I said, I, I would hate for him to to move on and play for another team. Yeah, you know, my goodness, boy, when you just you brought up a, a really great point, Sean. You know, when you give a guy a one-year prove-it deal and he seemingly goes out and proves it, you sign that guy. Um, yeah. I, I I know the Giants had delusions of grandeur, maybe uh, uh, Javion Clowney, you know, uh, as a possibility. Um, obviously, that ship sailed, but um, this is your guy. He's still available. 
I, I, I don't see I, – I mean, maybe they are. Who knows? I'd like to think that the Giants are trying to negotiate some kind of a deal with this guy to keep him around because here's the thing. Marcus Goldie could very well go off on a tear and have a fantastic season, in which case mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to afford him next season. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And that's uh, – you made a good point bringing up um, that they should just try and sign him to a long-term contract because um, if, if we do give him the, another one-year deal – I guarantee you that he's just going to have another great season and then just um, make the big bucks the next season, probably move on to another team. But uh, yeah, the good, you said it too. The the good thing about this, uh, this on the tender is that we could get a a compensatory pick um, if he ends up leaving. So that's, that's why I thought it was a very smart move for the the giants to place it on him. Um, I've never even heard of this thing before uh, the giants use it on, on Marcus golden. So I, I think it would be great if we're able to get a pick back for, um, a player of his caliber, it, it would be a uh, pretty good. It, it, you know, if you think about it the other way around on this, um, maybe the fact that we have Martinez Carter, Fackrell, you know, Brunson, we, we, we got a good depth in linebackers right now that, uh, maybe the, this is the reason why they might not want to sign him long-term deal because they have backup. You know, maybe these guys uh, will step up and be maybe as as good or maybe better than Golden. We don't know. Uh, but time will tell. Yeah, it certainly will. Um, and I and I feel good about it. I really do. Uh, I, I I mean, I, to me, this, this is a better Giants team than – uh, what was there last year? I think, you know, again, linebacker, I still think needs uh, some issues. And I think, you know, going into next next offseason, the draft and free agency, I think that's something that the Giants are really going to look at. Um, but I do. I feel very optimistic. I just feel like this offense is good enough, I think, with the, the addition of Thomas. Again, with all the healthy guys back, Barkley and, and Ingram and Shepard, you know, I, I think you've definitely got something special here. I think you add the the fact that, you know, I think this is a better defense. Again, with Bradbury and, and with McKinney, this is an improved team. I think this team um, can make a playoff run this year and, and won't be picking in the top five next year. That's what I think I see for the New York Giants in 2020. Yeah, um, I think there's a good shot that they're, they'll actually be playing meaningful games in December. Um, you know, the past couple of years, the games in December, we were already out of playoff contention. So, you know, I don't know if we do. Luckily, there's seven seeds in the, the NFC for well for each side now. So there, there's an even increased chance to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know if we could make a push for one of those wild card spots, but um, I think that definitely a, a lot better chance than in years past. And um, like I said, it's uh, the Giants, I think, as a franchise are taking a, a great step forward in the right direction. Um, I think just unluckily for them this year, they they got a tough schedule, but uh, they're they're making all the right decisions, making all the right moves, and uh, I definitely like the future moving forward for uh, the Giants. Well, I'm definitely looking forward for Matt Part. Yeah, man, he's gonna represent yeah. UConn, baby. Uh, UConn. UConn. All right, we we got yes, one in. So let's do this. <laughs> yeah, a couple years. I I think him and him and Thomas could be, you know, a great tackle duo. Um, it, he's got he's Matt Pert's got all the measurables. He had the longest arms out of all the tackles at the combine. So it's just about putting on a little bit more mass and a little more strength to be able to contest these edge rushers. But I think that him and Thomas uh, definitely got a great chance to be a good duo moving forward. 
Make sure you join us on Facebook, Joing About the G-Men. We're also on Twitter. You can tweet at us. Give us a follow at Joing About G-Men. Clovercrestmedia.com backslash Joing About the G-Men. Uh, you can also find that and our football show, All Four Downs, at hhwshow.com. Uh, all of our great sports shows are all on that site. Thanks to OV for, for putting that all together and putting all of our sports content uh, right on one big giant uh awesome website uh which he continues to absolutely blow me away for so make sure you check those out yeah. uh for sean scanlon and obi munez i am joe mcguire thank you so much for checking out joeing about the g-men